You need to be able to change quick and move fast. And if you can do that, the people who can do that are going to be the ones that have successful businesses. And by success, I don't mean the busiest restaurants. I mean, they go home at night and they're not miserable. They're happy. They like what they do. They enjoy going to work every day. And I think that's what we need to get to in the restaurant industry versus just being like, I'm the busiest store around, but I hate my life when I go home. <laughs> Starting or growing your business is hard work. But now you are listening to the Better Business Podcast with me, Steve Cook, and I'm going to try and make it a little easier on you. We on this podcast help you grow a better business with real advice from professionals. And today is no different. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. I am your host today, Steve Cook, and my guest is a man by the name of Bruce Irving. Bruce is a marketing strategist. He's a speaker and a founder of Irving Media Group, where he helps small local businesses develop and implement a marketing strategy to build a brand as well as increase sales. He is also the host of two successful podcasts, the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast that has over 360 episodes, as well as the Local Business Podcast. Before running his own business and hosting these podcasts, he ran a multi-million dollar local business for over 20 years. Bruce, I guess you have the credentials to speak on marketing, it sounds like. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. Yeah, it sounds pretty good from that bio right there. I wonder who wrote that. <laughs> They uh, need to uh, need to tell all the important people in your life how uh, how many accolades you have, so they'll start respecting <laughs> you, huh? right? <laughs> so the theme today is uh, talking to a person that owns a restaurant, owns a as you're familiar with a pizza joint, yeah. uh, owns a coffee shop, something similar to that, and want to talk about how to how do you market that? Um, obviously, and there's a general theme of marketing that can be the same for um, all businesses, but specifically, how do you market a restaurant or a pizza shop or a coffee shop, something like that? You know, social media. Social media is the easiest way to, to market a, a business. You, when I first started back in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, direct mail was the way that you got your message out as a restaurant. You use direct mail pieces. And that was because there was no social media. Like it was around, but it wasn't like it is today. And as prevalent as it is for people who are in 2021, if they're listening to this, like social media is a part of their lives every single day. You can't go through a day and not look at your phone or hop on a social media platform and kind of see what's going on in the world. Back in the day, direct mail was the way to do that. So you just have to I remember the, the pizza coupons and stuff like that. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, that was a big part of, of of going to get pizza and stuff like that, yeah. especially. I mean, it's still it's still a great form of advertising. I just don't think it's the form of advertising that it once was. But social media is the way. If And you can see who the places are who are the most well-known brands in any area by how much they create content on social media and what platforms they're very prevalent on. So let's take Irving Media Group for an example. What do you what do you specifically feel like you guys are an expert in um, as it relates to this this idea of marketing a restaurant that could help small business owners? What do you think you guys do differently? I try to cre I try to have the restaurants create a brand around their restaurant. And it's hard to do because owners generally don't like to be the person behind the brand. 
they like to just kind of sit in the background and put out those coupons and put out those flyers and let their employees or management run the show. But in today's world, people really want to know who they're doing business with and who they're purchasing from, especially if you're an independent restaurant. It's very important for the person who is the person running the brand to be the face. Uh, And, you know, a lot of owners don't want to do that. They're very shy when it comes to being on video. They're very uh, hesitant to put their face in their in their personality out there. But it's really in 2021, it's the best way to really grow any social media platform and then turn those viewers slash followers into customers and a loyal fan base. So let me ask you this. What if someone's listening to this and they um, are like, yeah, I'm the person that doesn't want to be the the face. I don't want to be involved. Do you think it's possible in, like you said, 2021 mm-hmm. atmosphere to create a brand without having the face of an owner or the face of a person? Would you choose a different person in the business or would you choose a, a mascot or something like that? Or, or is there other ways around it? It's just maybe not quite as effective? Listen, if you're a local business, you are part of the community, whether you like it or not. And that's just part of doing business in 2021. If if you're a franchise, it's a different story. There's rules and regulations within the franchise that you have to follow. But if you're an independent local business owner, restaurant, pizzeria, you are part of the community. And that's how you build. Everybody always says community involvement is how you grow. That's the same thing when it comes to promoting yourself on social media. People want to follow a person. They don't want to follow a brand or a logo. So if you are a business owner who is hesitant to put yourself out there, either deal with it and find somebody who you can partner with. The hard part about finding someone that you can have be the brand is like that person has no vested interest in the business. And if that person decides to leave or move on, you've built your whole brand around somebody who isn't a long-term person in the business. So you have to make sure you partner with the right person. Um, but if you don't want to do it, like you have to make a decision. Do I want to be a local business owner and do I want to grow my business or do I want to feel bad or nervous or anxious about p- creating a dumb video for Instagram? Sometimes you just got to get over it and do it, even though you don't want to. <laughs> so l- let's take this even a step farther. So say, what if your your spiel has convinced someone and they're like, fine, I need to be the face. Is it, um, you know, a video about come buy my pizza, um, you know, come, come get my, my delicious, uh, dessert at our restaurant. Um, what, what would you recommend somebody to do beyond that? If they, if they do accept that they need to be the face of the company, I'd say first thing you have to do is what market are you in? Where are you located in the country or the world? And then look at what platforms are most popular in your area. So for me, that's probably like TikTok, Instagram, and I'm in the Boston metropolitan area. It's a younger demographic of people. Yes, there are older people here, but if I was to say I'm going to start on a platform, probably Instagram and TikTok, if I'm a restaurant, are the two I'm going to start on in my particular area. So all right, I've decided what platforms I'm going to use. The next step is to go onto those platforms. And before you create any content, get to know the platforms. What videos do you see getting the most engagement, getting the most reach, getting the most uh, likes and comments and shares? And why are they the most popular ones? Like, what is it about that content that is resonating with the people in your area? And I would spend a week or two or even a month really just diving deep into the platform to understand what types of content people are resonating with on that platform. And then I would start creating content based on my research. I wouldn't just go on there and be like, hey, this is Bruce. I'm 
owner of Bruce's Pizza. Here I am on Instagram. Buy my pizza. Like that would be awkward. Nobody would buy from you. <laughs> so, okay. So let's say you could, you could go back or, or maybe you own a, a restaurant or a pizza shop now, um, in 2021 and you had 10 times the budget that you had maybe when you started yours. Um, if you had 10 times the budget you have now, what would you spend that money on? I would hire young people to help me create content and create short form videos that I can put on Instagram and TikTok today. Like if you're listening to this in the future, it may change, but today sure. I would create short form videos and I would hire people to help me create an abundant amount of short form videos that I could put on these platforms and either run ads to them or help uh, or put them on there organically and see how they do. But then I would also have people help me um, build an email list and then make sure that I can convert those viewers slash followers into an email list. So that way, if something happens to these platforms or they go away, I still have a way to connect with those people who have followed us over the years. But for me, it would be 100% content creation. So um, a couple episodes ago, and, and neither one, this one obviously, or the uh, the one I'm referring to hasn't aired yet, but um, I interviewed a, a gentleman that is in charge of all the um, marketing for Montana Knife Company. Um, it's kind of a hunting knife type deal, and they have a pretty large Instagram following. And he mentioned something that you just referred to as well of... Um, using social media to advertise, but then he had referred to an email list as well. Um, why do you think that's important? I mean, you see what's happening with Facebook right now. There's a lot of concern and privacy issues with Facebook and people are kind of like getting to the point with Facebook where they're questioning their, their use usage of it. And listen, when it comes to any platform, Facebook, Instagram, and you hear this all the time, it's so cliche. Like you don't own the people who are on there. You build a following on Instagram, it's fantastic. But what if, you know, uh, Instagram goes away? I don't know if you are aware, but, you know, a couple of days ago, Facebook and Instagram were down for six hours. And people were freaking <laughs> yeah. out, right? And then if you've built your platform solely on those platforms, like if you depend on Facebook and Instagram to get business on a daily basis and they go away, or they're down for a day and you don't have any way to contact your customers and say, hey, listen, here's today's updates of what's happening, then you're, you're kind of at the mercy of these platforms. So yes, use the platforms to your advantage by building a following on there, but then you wanna have a way, whether that be your website or a landing page or an online order form where people can go and subscribe to you to get weekly updates or monthly updates or however you wanna do it, but you wanna have a way to contact these people out of the social media platforms. Do you have any knowledge or experience on um, text message marketing as well? I mean, we've done a couple podcasts on it. I'm not super um, knowledgeable when it comes to like the ins and outs of the minutia of text message marketing, but I think there's three levels of marketing. Social media is obviously very not invasive, right? Like it's just mm. people looking on perusing social media and you, if you happen to catch them and they like your content, they'll follow you. Email marketing is a little less intrusive than that. People are a little bit less in, hesitant to give you their email than they are their phone number. And I think text messaging is the most effective. It has the least shelf life. So if you send a text message out for marketing, it very much has a one or two day shelf life max. Um, but for the most part, people are hesitant to give their phone numbers out. Even today, I think it's 
the best converting type of marketing, but it's the hardest to get people's phone numbers and it has the least amount of shelf life. If you send a text message out today, it's pretty much good for today only. Yeah. And even a few hours, maybe. <laughs> right. Like if it goes away, then, you know, you never know. And it's very much like you're not going to send it. There's different levels too, right? Like social media, you can put very funny. Um, you can put uh, entertaining. You can put all different types of content out there. If you're a business and you send me a meme text, I'm going to look at it and be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, I signed up for your text <laughs> message marketing. You better send me an offer. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, man. That's a, that's really, that's a really good way to think about that. You know, I've never thought about the, uh, you know, it's almost like the seriousness of a text message, um, how, how serious you have to take somebody's permission to text message them. But that's, that's a really good point to bring up. Right. <clears throat> so as it relates to this topic of, um, marketing and, and small business marketing, especially, what do you think that you believe in in marketing that almost no one agrees with you agrees with you about? I, you know, so this is gonna. I don't know if it's controversial, but I <laughs> definitely believe that less is more. If you look at, especially really? when it comes to pizzerias, yeah, okay. I do. Less is more, especially when you look at your menu. If if let's take pizzerias for example, okay. Um, in my area, pizzerias are known to be have gigantic menus like they offer all things to all people they always want to please people and this came from back in the 90s if you think about it the only really thing you could get delivered back in the 90s was pizza or chinese food like those were the two categories of food that you would get delivered there was no grubhub there was no uber eats there was no doordash there was none of those platforms if you wanted something delivered you would get you would think of a pizza shop or a chinese food restaurant and that's kind of it and what happened was pizzerias saw that as an opportunity back then to just please everybody who was part of that party who was calling for a delivery. So you wouldn't just call for a pizza. You'd be like, Hey, do you have salad? And they're like, no, but somebody asked for a salad. Let's add it. Hey, do you have tuna <laughs> subs? No, but somebody asked for a tuna sub. So let's add it to our menu. And before you do it, these pizzeria menus became gigantic. And what's happening now is that there's a labor shortage and it's really hard to consistently make good products when you have so many menu items on your menu. So I'm in the, I believe that if you look at the 80-20 principle, 80% 80 of your money probably comes from 20% of your items. So the other 80% that takes up a lot of your time, but doesn't give you a lot of the profits, get rid of, and just be the best of the 20% you have in your menu and be okay with the fact that, yeah, someone's going to call up for a tuna fish sub and you're going to say no, but be okay with that because you don't need to sell four tuna fish subs. You better just make a better pizza. That's really interesting. Now, what now? What about um, that ideology or mindset when it comes to marketing? Do you think that that same thing applies? That you should maybe only mark you could could market less, but you know have a, a higher quality or something like that to your marketing? Definitely. I don't know if you could market less. I don't know if I would say like create less content, but I would be on less platforms for sure. Like you always hear oh. everybody say, "Oh, you should be everywhere." No, you shouldn't because you're probably going to be everywhere. And you're going to be mediocre at it all versus being really great at one. So when someone comes to me and says, Bruce, where should I, you know, I have a social media presence on all these platforms, but none of them are really doing well. What should I do? And then I go back to what I said earlier, which is like, all right, focus on who's in your market. And the younger generation of folks are the trendsetters when it comes to social media. They knew about TikTok when it was Musical.ly. They knew about Vine before TikTok. They knew about Instagram when us older folks were on Facebook. Like they know about the next trend setting platform. So what are they using? Because 
even if you don't use it now, I've been talking about TikTok on our podcast for two years. And it's just now that restaurant owners are like, hey, how do I use TikTok? Where two years ago, they were like, <laughs> I'm not using TikTok. I'm not singing and dancing on there. You're crazy. Don't even ask me. I'm not even, don't even bring it up. I'm not doing it. Now they're like, Bruce, what do I do for TikTok? And I'm like, well, go back and listen to the podcast we did two years ago. <laughs> so, so you got to look at what the younger folks are doing and then look at those platforms and get really, really good at one at a time. And it may take you six months, nine months to really get a hone of what types of content are working well on those platforms. You'll have data to go back and look at over that time and see, all right, this worked well, this didn't work well. And then you'll get better at creating the content. So it'll become a lot easier and less time consuming for you. And then when you get to that point, then you can add another one if you need to, you may not even need to. So what if a, if a restaurant is listening to this and they don't have any, they're not set up, you know, maybe they set up a Facebook page six years ago, but they've never posted on it or something like that, but they don't have any social media. Would you recommend, let's say TikTok, um, that perhaps it's a little bit younger demographic, maybe, or maybe it's not, you know, as, as mainstream or popular as Instagram at this time, would you recommend, um, for an analogy, skating where the puck's going to be? Or do you think that you should go to the platform, say Facebook or Instagram, where we know that people in my demographic are already there that are buying pizzas or buying, coming to my restaurant? Do you think you should get ahead of it? Or do you think you should go to the one that's more um, up your alley right now? I always want to get ahead of it. If you look at who buys food now, everybody says to me, Bruce, the people on TikTok are you know, 15, 16, 20 year olds, great. Guess where they're gonna be 10 years from now? They're gonna be 27 year olds, 30 year olds, 32 year olds. And guess where the 55 year olds are gonna be? They're gonna be in a nursing home. They ain't gonna <laughs> be on any social media platform. So look at it that way. You should be where the puck is going and not where it is now because it's too late. Not that it's too late. It's gonna be a lot harder to grow a following on Facebook today organically than it is on TikTok today organically. So if you're gonna spend time and leverage time and energy and money, you want to be able to be the person who's in the forefront of that area if it's appropriate for your business and people in your area are using it. So I always want to be ahead of it versus behind and trying to catch up. What about paid ads? You mentioned Facebook and I, I think of Facebook as, um, you know, just posting kind of organically seems like not a waste of time, but maybe not as uh, fruitful as um, another platform like you're talking about TikTok or something. Um, what about paying to advertise on these different platforms. Do you think that that's a totally different conversation or do you think that someone should continue to try to build a brand and build their, you know, the face of the business and stuff like that through that as well? You either have time or money. Maybe you have both. If you're starting out and you don't have money, you have time. So you may not have an, a budget for Facebook ads. So you have to spend your time. If you don't have a money for Facebook ads, it means your business isn't busy. So that means you have time and energy to spend creating content. So spend your time creating content and post multiple times a day, because it's going to take you a while organically to grow a Facebook following. You're gonna have to go in there and really get into groups and start to build your name and communicate and uh, be a part of the community groups in order to get them to recognize you. If you have the time, if you don't have time, if your business is busy and you have a marketing budget, then you can spend money on ads and skip the time and do the same thing with ads that you would do in those groups or building that community on whatever platform it is. The mistake people make is they go, when they start with ads, they start right for the sell. And if you're building a following from zero, you want to start with like videos that you think you wouldn't want to spend money on, but spend money on those like okay. videos about how you make things or 
funny videos about your staff or how, the videos that people can get to know, like, and trust you because then they'll follow you. If you send, if you have a, a video or a ad on Facebook, you're either going to have to give away a discount, which a lot of people don't want to do, especially now in order to convert them into a customer. But then they're just buying for that discount. They're not really giving you a follow or feeling like they're connected to you as a business. So if you're running ads, start with uh, no like and trust video ads. And then the people who watch that or follow you, then you can kind of convert those people into your email list or offers from there. If you're going to start a pizzeria over um, this year and had to start from scratch, would you, when you're talking about this idea of marketing a restaurant, um, a large part of restaurants, I feel like, is that um, last minute, quick decision you're about to drive by. Maybe a pizza is a little bit different than a, a, a traditional restaurant or, or quick service, especially. But you're talking about you know pulling in last minute. Um, so location is almost part of your advertising or part of your marketing because people get used to seeing you driving by all the time. Right. If you were going to start over this year, would you ever consider just doing something like... Um, like a cloud kitchen or something like that, not even having a physical location and focusing solely on this uh, social media and delivery. Yeah. The phone is the new drive-by billboard, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, you know, your phone is, you have a much higher percentage chance to get your message in front of somebody on their couch, watching TV at night than you do when they're in the passenger seat in your car. I don't know if you have kids, but I have three kids and I can tell you this. Yeah. I when got they're two. in the car driving with me, they ain't looking outside. They're looking at their phone with their <laughs> earbuds in and they don't even know what I'm talking about or see where we're going until we get there. Yeah. So yeah, I would hundred percent do a cloud kitchen, especially listen, 2020 taught us a lot, uh, as much as, as horrendous as it was. And I feel bad for everybody who either lost a family member or people got sick and lost their job or whatever it is. Like that was, that stunk, but it taught us a lot. And it taught us that you need to make sure that you build a business that doesn't solely rely on people being able to visit you physically in person because who knows what's going to happen in the future. And if you can build a business that doesn't rely on people physically coming to you and sitting down for an hour, then you will survive anything that happens. And the pizza industry is a great example. We were very much ready for the delivery, no dine-in delivery. We were built for that. And yeah. we didn't have to pivot very long. Like It took a couple of days for us to be like, all right, we're, we're not doing dining, even though we have a dining room, we're not doing it anymore. We're delivery only. It was very easy for the pizza industry to do that. And moving forward, I would never rely on a business where people had to come in and eat. And I, I like going out to eat and I like restaurants, but if I was going to start a business today, that wouldn't be my business model. Why was the pizza industry the, to me, I mean, I think they were one of the first and only ones that did delivery for a long time. Why, why is that? Do you, any idea the history behind that? Uh, I think it's convenient. It's it's an easy food to carry out. You can eat a pizza in a box 25, 30 minutes later, but you can't you can't get a pasta dinner. And I think there's something along the lines of the experience. A lot of restaurants tried to do the delivery thing, but what they realized was that, you know what? Our dish costs $25 because we have a wait staff and we have this huge dining room that we have to pay rent for and we have these fancy plates and this high cost margin foods. And if we do take out a delivery, it's gotta be 25 bucks. And they realize that, you know what? People don't wanna eat a $25 dish out of a cardboard container. Yeah. They don't wanna do it. So pizza is relatively inexpensive. You can feed a family of three or four with one pizza for 
15 or $20. It carries well and you can get it delivered and it's very easy to do all of those things. So convenience, price, and the, the amount of people who are aware and love pizza just was so easy to do. Kind of checks all the boxes. Yeah. What is something that every, you know, I was thinking small business owner, but let's say restaurant or pizzeria, cafe, something like that. What's something every small business owner should either stop doing right now or start doing right now? <laughs> uh, stop making excuses about not wanting to do video and start <laughs> doing video. I just think it's so super easy. I think you should stop. Stop. Here's the thing. We've gone from a market of the employer asking the employee what the employee can do for them to the employee asking the employer that same very question. And you need to realize that super fast and it's not changing. The younger generation of folks do not want to work in the restaurant industry. They do not want to work in the restaurant industry because of the perception that the restaurant industry isn't a great work environment. And they're right. It, for the longest time, working in the restaurant industry, it's crappy hours, it's nights, it's weekends, we're always open on holidays. The pay typically wasn't the best in the world and it's hard work and it's a hard work environment. But hear me out, it's changing and it's morphing. I think customers nowadays are very much aware of how hard it is to run a restaurant versus before 2020. And they're much more sympathetic when it comes to you making a mistake or why your prices are so high or why you have to go up on a price versus where they were before. So owners need to stop thinking about it being 10 years ago and get with the times and adjust to the times. Restaurant owners are typically slow to adjust, whether that become their menu items, their marketing tactics, how they run their restaurant. They're always in the mindset of, this is just how we've always done it. Well, those days are gone. You need to be able to change quick and move fast. And if you can do that, the people who can do that are going to be the ones that have successful businesses. And by success, I don't mean the busiest restaurants. I mean, they go home at night and they're not miserable. They're happy. They like what they do. They enjoy going to work every day. And I think that's what we need to get to in the restaurant industry versus just being like, I'm the busiest store around, but I hate my life when I go home. <laughs> so... um, Bruce, in, in preparation for, I have one final question for you, but before I get to it, I, I just want to thank you, um, for a, for being on, but B, um, I, I found your podcast first. The pizza podcast, um, was the first thing I'd found, um, from you. And I, I was, uh, astonished at the amount or the level of niche that you have in just uh, pizza marketing. Um, you know, I thought that that was an incredible, um, idea for a podcast and not only idea for a podcast, but how long you've stuck with it and how many episodes you've put out. So I, I want to, uh, congratulate you on, on how much you've achieved with that. Um, Thank you. and for final question, you know, we've talked about, um, video, especially we've talked about social media, we've talked about, um, cloud kitchens and, and things like that. You can throw all this stuff out the window or, or include every bit of it into this, but if you had to boil all the advice that you have in your head of the 20 years of running a business um, and doing marketing now and boil it down to one piece of advice to somebody that's feeling maybe plateaued in their business right now or somebody that's just starting out in their business, what advice would you give to, to somebody to better their business? I would dumb it down. I would be, I would say, I would rather be the best at this one thing than okay at a lot. So if your business is plateaued, 
it's probably because you're not the best at any one particular thing. And I call it the Costanza method. Are you familiar with the show Seinfeld? Yeah. It's my favorite, one of my favorite kind of episodic shows on TV. It's from the 90s. And George Costanza was a character. And I call it the Costanza method, going back to your billboard analogy. The Costanza method is there was this episode where George was going on a date. They were sitting in the diner with uh, Jerry and George was talking about this girl who he wanted to get a date with. And Jerry's like, she's way out of your league. You got no shot. And George is like, listen, all I need is three interactions with her. And on that third interaction with her, it's going to be like that, that annoying TV commercial you hear cars for kids on TV. Right. And then you hear it once you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is the craziest song. The second time you're like, Oh my God, this annoying commercial again. And the third time you're singing cars for kids in the car, <laughs> and the commercial is not even on. Um, and he's like, I just need to get in that third, that third visit with her. And it's, then it's going to be Costanza. She's just going to want to date me. Um, and it was hilarious. And I look at it that way. So when you are in a business, you want to be the person that is annoying in the beginning, not really annoying, but you're in their face. And by the third or fourth time, whenever they think of pizza or uh, pasta or Chinese food, they just think of you because you've always been there and been around. So I think when you are plateauing, be so good at something that even when people, when people want that, they may not have seen you, but they think of you because of that. Have you um, heard of Mike Michalowicz? Yes. So he's written, he's written like, I think six or seven books, something like that. I've but had him on my actually, podcast. He was on mine uh, yesterday. I yeah. actually recorded with yeah. him. Um, and his book, uh, Get Different, was uh, is his latest thing that he's, um, you know, kind of talking about. So we talked about marketing. And his, in the beginning of the podcast yesterday, he was saying, you know, it's incredible that everything in a business you want to basically just see who's doing it well and replicate it, right? So in hiring, like, oh, this is yep. a good process for hiring. I'll replicate that. In bookkeeping and finances and stuff like that, this is a good model. I'll replicate that. He said, but marketing is the only thing that is not something you want to just see what other people are doing and replicate it because then you don't get any attention. And it's, right. you know, when you're saying that, in the beginning, they might think it's weird or they think it's goofy or whatever it might be. It reminded me of that conversation with him that you are only going to stand out if you're good at one thing, if you're good at being different from other people. And, and, uh, so I, I think that's, that's great advice. Yeah. That's a great advice from him too. And it's so true. Yeah. Um, his book, his, that book on marketing is, is excellent. You'll have to, to read it if you haven't already. He's a great writer. He's written so many great books, you know, that over the years, he's definitely got a, a, a very good knack for business and, and not only business, but translating that business into words for people to understand. And like actual real tactical advice, you know, yeah. it's, he does like so many case studies and stuff like that in his books. It's, it's real easy to understand and read. Right. But, uh, man, Bruce, uh, thank you so much for being on. I, uh, I can't thank you enough. I, I wish you the best in everything you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was been great talking to you, Steve. I appreciate you asking me to join you in the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Better Business Podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work. So I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a, a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. 
Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening.